You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It may be Women's Day in South Africa, but on the other hand, the rest of the world goes on and David Shapiro is in the rest of the world. So it's time for Shapiro World, as always on a Monday. He's in Manhattan uh, with builders outside and I've got builders next door. So David, if, you, <laughs> if you've got some drilling going on outside your window and I've got some banging going on, going on next door, then uh, we, we both collectively apologise. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about uh, today, actually the three C's that I've, I've, I've scribbled down this afternoon, is Cuomo, coal, and commodities. Yeah. I want to start with commodities, yeah. first of all. I'll yeah. get to Cuomo in a second. Yeah. Uh, but I want to look at commodities because crude oil down nearly 4%. Yeah. That's the US Texas brand. Brent mm. crude oil down around about 3.6%. And so it goes on. Gasoline down to 2.7%. Heating oil down 3.1%, etc. And then you go down to uh, iron ore, which is suddenly in the 170s rather than the 220s. Uh, yeah. Steel prices down nearly 3%. Uh, the iron ore price, incidentally, down nearly 4% during the day. And, and so it goes on from there. And it's all to do with the strength of the US dollar, of course. But on the other hand, it's got something to do with China and people downgrading uh, Chinese growth. I think Goldman Sachs was the latest one to do so. Not a great cause for concern because it's coming off highly elevated levels. But as a basket, commodities suddenly looking a little bit vulnerable. Maybe. And if you've looked at the gold price and all the other prices, the prices that you mentioned, it does seem orchestrated by the Chinese. But I think there's also worries about uh, the Delta variant. You know, even in the U.S., cases are starting to increase. And there's a concern that uh, back-to-office is going to take longer than everybody expected and that we, any kind of growth uh, in, 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 uh, in the world uh, is going to be you know, held back. We're not going to reach the goals of, of getting growth to the levels that maybe the IMF thought, simply because uh, uh, the Delta variant is proving a little more difficult to get control of. You know, and you've seen it around the world and, in, and even in America. You know, it, it, it's a whole debatable issue. I'm not uh, – we could go into it in a few seconds because it all has to do with vaccines and masks and anti-vaxxers and uh, people like that. And despite the fact that there's this call out to go get vaccinated and wear a mask, uh, people just defy, you know, defy the laws. And the whole argument now is whether it's mandatory or not. So that's, you know, that's the argument that's taking place now. But it is, it is breaking out. Um, I, I'm not sure there's the same kind of amount of pressure on hospitals that we've seen in the past. It might be in certain states. But I think that's the backdrop as well. But, Lindsay, this Chinese story is worrying. <laughs> worries know, me. I, worries I, me. I, I, hey, it really worries me. China worries me enormously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I just looking at Alibaba today, and Alibaba have come out and uh, apparently in a uh, in an interview in the uh, post results conference they mentioned that they were getting certain tax rates or uh, um, favorable tax rates which are now going to be lifted and probably from about around an eight percent tax rate that they've been paying, the rates could go up to in the twenty percent. I still have to read the article. I just saw the headline. But that's happening all the time. And then there's a talk about controls about mobile advertising, uh, uh, you know, which is also a source of revenue for, for a lot of places like Tencent, like Alibaba and most of the tech companies. So we, we still haven't got a grip on where this is leading. I, um, there was an article in the London Times yesterday, I think, or the one or two days, you know, with calling for 
just be patient. It'll come right. Don't worry. It's a big, you know, you know the normal stuff. And I'm saying, hold on a sec. This is this is turning ugly. You know, we don't know who's going to come out as a winner, who's going to come out a, a loser. It's just it's became it's it's becoming a little too difficult to read. So I, I yeah I worry about it, and I, I you know I worry about how this is all going to play out. Um, um, you know, from, from from a stock market point of view, my my idea is just to reduce exposure. I, you know, just we don't need to be fully exposed and and uh, say this is going to be. You know, this is it's it's a big economy, it's a massive economy, but I think you can look elsewhere for for growth in the meantime. And also, the other thing, David, is uh, I, I remember speak, having an interview with the CEO of a very well known um, South African uh, asset management company who are, are keen on China. Uh, but also very, very keen on ESG, that's in environmental, social yeah. and government, governance issues. And I said it right at the end, and it threw the chap a little bit. I said, you know, okay, you're very keen on that, but what about ESG? What about uh, human rights issues? Yeah. What about yeah. um, the way that they are um, building up their military in the South China yeah. Sea and all that sort of thing? And he said, gosh, that's a difficult question, Lindsay, and uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. And I, I yeah. felt like saying to him, well, you know, yeah. you're paid a lot of money in order to expect questions like yeah. this. But when I looked at it, there was a fascinating interview this afternoon on an American uh, uh, television channel. And and they were focusing on the baton being uh, the Olympic baton being passed from Tokyo to Beijing because it's the Winter Olympics in Beijing, I think, in six months' okay. time. And um, it's the most incredible, incredible infrastructure that they've built for this this what is only mm -hmm. a two or three week um, event, a two week two week event. They've spent billions and billions and billions, and it was a very well balanced report. It was isn't isn't this the most amazing facility you've ever seen. Isn't it going to be a wonderful event? But on the other hand, they talked about COVID uh, cases and the way that the Chinese um, authorities are handling it. And the chap had a live feed on his mobile phone of the CNN, that's, that's who it is, the CNN feed. And he showed, as they said something negative about China, the feed was cut. They cut off that. And I think to myself, that's so dangerous. When you yeah. when you yeah. when that form of yeah. censorship is allowed and it's it's live, I'd say to myself, okay, you can't ignore the returns you'll get from Chinese companies if you get it right in yeah. the future. But on the mm. other hand, if you're into mm. ESG, then do you um, question your yeah. investments? What do you think? Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think I think we tend to be you know we tend to do that uh, not only in politics but in business as well. You know, if there's money to be made, we're going to go there. And sometimes we do drop our guard as far as that's concerned. I mean, because you can see from the way that China is behaving at the moment that uh, um, human rights are are, you know, are in question. It's a it's a big issue whether you do have the freedom. And I think that's that's the whole essence. I don't even think that comes into uh, ESG. It's just taken for granted that uh, that people's rights are protected. And uh, I think that's the whole element. It's not a matter of whether you have clean air or not, but it's it's very much part of the S part, you know, the S part of the ESG. Um, so I, it, it, for me, it's a bother. For me, the way that they've gone about this has been a big bother. Mm. Whether or not they can then claim, the Chinese authorities can claim, listen, we laid out a, a blueprint. Uh, it's just that these big companies didn't listen to it they went on their own i don't know i can't give that side of the argument but i think every day 
there's something new that's coming out that is uh, that is hurting uh, you know Chinese stocks. And uh, from South African point of view, with its exposure to NASPERS, you know NASPERS uh, process exposure to Tencent, I think it's a big you know it is a big big concern for us. What happens down the line? Does it recover? Does this get ignored? I don't know. And I think you, but you also touched on something else. I, I think it's the big one is that, uh, yes, things might stabilize, but you're certainly going to increase the premium that you want out of China because knowing that these dangers can occur mm. and therefore the, the so-called emerging market premium, I think, has to go up. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, the elements that we're invested in, um, I will buy companies that sell to China and get paid you know, in, in euros or whatever they get paid in. I, I think there's a very vibrant market. But the Chinese companies themselves, those that operate in China, I think you've got to be very careful about as well. Let's move um, on to an, another commodity mm. now. So we've gone from commodities to China now to the next C, which is coal. Um, and, yes. and, and this is interesting to me because I'm looking at the – uh, my basket of commodities, and I've got copper down 1.5% today, but I've got coal up 2.5%, and for the year, copper is up 21.7% year-to-date. Uh, do you know how much coal is up year-to-date? And I know there's various types of coal. There's thermal coal, know. there's coking coal. Massive, there's I don't know. I don't know the exact amount. 105%. Yeah, yeah. Year-to-date. Yeah. Now, why is that? Yeah. Is that because well, people are saying to themselves, well, supply will be constricted in the future because of uh, climate change and because of the ESG we've just spoken about, and people are not going to be investing in companies, so they're curtailing their exploration of coal, so therefore they're saying supply will be constrained. Is it because coal is still hugely popular and therefore there's demand? What is the reason for coal to be up 105%? It's, it's exactly that. Hmm. And it's also tied to the energy price. It's tied to oil. There is a, there's always was a correlation between oil and coal because they were the sources of, of, uh, electricity supply. Um, so you could switch between the two. You know, you could, you could, uh, if coal was cheap, you go to coal. If coal is getting very expensive, you go to diesel. You know, so, so on. So I think there is kind of a, a, a very close correlation between the oil prices and, uh, and, and coal, and I think with oil going up as it has over the last year, it has had some uplifting effect. But the, the other point, and I think that came across with uh, with, with Glencore's purchase of um, you know, the Colombian mine, the coal mine as well, mm. uh, where BHP pulled out. Um, someone had to fill it. You, you're still going to need coal. Uh, if you look at the at, at, at the Asian countries, they still they still rely heavily. On, on coal power, as does country, you know, countries like South Africa as well. So, um, I, you know, I, I still think that there's, there's going to be a market for many, many years uh, in coal. Um, it's going to be difficult. I think we, we, we spoke about this the other day as well. It's going to be very difficult if you're a, if you're a CEO of a, um, an energy company. Oh, sorry, no. If you're a CEO of a asset management company, and you're sitting there and uh, some snooty little kids come in. You know, I was, it was with Nick the other night when we were calling them bunny huggers and that when these chaps, people come in who were genuinely concerned about the environment. I'm being a bit cynical and a bit nasty, but, hmm. you know, they come in and they say, why are you invested in Chevron? You know, why are you invested in this coal mine or Exxon or anybody? It becomes very difficult for you to talk your way out of it. 
And uh, you don't want to lose those marginal investors as well. So you'd rather avoid it because you know you're taking on something that's not going to be acceptable by everybody. Uh, Sassel is a company as well. You know, as long as they spewing out the kind of stuff that they do in in converting coal to liquid uh, to 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 um, oil, um, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to defend. And they have to they have to institute or at least show investors that they're in the right direction. So I think I think it's it's that's um it's that's that's also one of the reasons that I think people are avoiding kind of invest or will avoid investments in coal despite the fact that the price will keep going up because there still is a demand for it. What about you? I mean, you, if, Me? if a client comes I, to you and says, uh, okay, I want, to expo- I want a commodity exposure and I want 20% coal, 20% oil, 20% solar and, and so on, um, do you say to yourself, well, we at Sasfin – are, um, we want to, mm. we want to, given the UN climate change report that has just been published yeah. today, which is damning. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. 200, yeah. Sci- 200 scientists, 14,000 yeah. bodies of yeah. evidence uh, put forward yeah. over the last few years, and they've come mm. to the conclusion that we're stuffed. I mean, as a human, yeah. as human beings, we are absolutely yeah. stuffed. And I've only seen the headlines, yeah. and I will never read the report because I haven't got the mental capacity to take all that in. But on the other hand, do you say to yeah. someone, we would prefer if you invested in things that are not um, com- contributing to climate change? What is your attitude at SAS? I don't, if, if, I, if it's our own managed portfolios, yes. uh, then we avoid that. If a client phones me up, and I don't really do clients like that, but if a client does phone up and say, listen, this is what I want, we would do it because that's a request of the client. But it's not, it's not on our uh, preferred list. It's not on our, um, you know, it won't be in our, in, in our model portfolios, not at all. And, and there's so many other areas yes. like that where people are very sensitive, from smoking to drinking to casinos as well. Um, and, and sometimes we have to tailor accordingly. Uh, I don't have any smoking companies, um, drinking companies we might have had, but uh, I'm not I'm not too hung up about you know the the booze businesses, but but maybe on the smoking side and on that side yes. So we're going for we we switch to companies which which have got an element or a strong element of uh, alternative energy, um, but it's let's see, it's big. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not, this is a big subject and you don't want to stand alone. You know, you don't want to be the, uh, uh, standing out there, you know, on a soapbox on Hyde Park Corner calling, calling everybody mad or, or, uh, what's it, climate change deniers. Yes. You don't want to be like that because it's not, you're not, it's not going to do you any good. Have you seen pictures in the United States, uh, from what's happening in, in Southern Europe? Have you seen what's happened to Greece? Have you seen what's happening in yeah. Turkey? It's now breaking out in Italy as well. I don't know if you've seen these figures, but it's almost ap- apocalyptic. These the scenes of flames uh, in, in forests uh, yes, jumping yes. twenty, thirty meters in in the in the air. It's it's a tragedy. I mean, if you're if you're a property developer or if you're um, a, a real estate agent now, the thing that you would do is say. Right. I'm not going to market any properties in low-lying land near a floodplain, for example, in the United Kingdom, because there's floods every year now in the UK. You're not going to um, market a house that's near a forest in Greece or Turkey or Italy or any other southern European country. It's it's going to change change patterns in a way that we can't quite uh, envisage at the moment. I know. Well, this is playing into their hands as well. And and, uh, these examples are... 
are um, you know are frightening. Mm. And and it, it's wherever you go. I mean, you look at California, the same thing. Yes. And it's it's it it is, and the destruction is intense. So you don't want to be on that side. You know what I mean? Just where you where you're handling other people's money, just behave yourself as well. Just look for those businesses that are, um, you know that that are not going to come subject to this. Um, you know, uh, to this criticism, and it's a it's a big area. Lindsay, I, I keep the the more I think about where we are at the moment, uh, coming out of this pandemic, I think the more conscious people are going to be about pressing that reset button and 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 recalibrating their lives and recalibrating society. Um, I think there's uh, it, it's 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 I think people are in that kind of mood. Um, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I think it's been a very chastening exercise. This this whole pandemic, it's uh, I think people have really had to re reevaluate their lives, and you know what's important, what's not important. I, I it, it's 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 quite incredible. I'm still trying to make up my mind where where New York is, where the U.S. is. I see the scars here all the time. And I think uh, there's a long way to go before we get back. You know, if we ever get back to where we were or if the city ever gets back to where it was. Um, That's a sobering thought. So talking about New York, um, a lot of uh, press has been given to uh, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo. Cuomo, yeah, governor, um, who has a, a, a brother who's one of the highest paid and most popular CNN presenters, Chris Cuomo. And uh, he's 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 off air suddenly. He's gone because apparently he was uh, advising his brother on how to deal with these uh, eleven allegations. Well, uh, eleven yeah. women alleg- alleging that uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, sexually assaulted them. And I, I th- people say he says no, it's, it's 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 a lot of rubbish. I didn't do it, and it was all misinterpreted, and it was all he didn't say it was good fun. I'm trying to think of the phrase that he employed, but he he more or less said no, it was all innocent. Uh, but 11 women coming forward, it's not as if you yeah. can get these people together and say, right, let's have a go at this chat, but it's, yeah. and it's politically motivated. No. And the new phrase will be, in, in, of course, in the future when he does step down or where they get, when he gets removed, which he undoubtedly will, in my opinion, it'll be uh, homosexual. He will be, he will, he will yeah. unfortunately go down in history as, as this, this person. What is the mood in New York, the New York Post, the Daily yeah. News, the uh, New York Times, all those right. newspapers, what are they yeah. saying? That, no, I think they're all calling for him to go. I think it's – and what happened is his uh, secretary resigned, uh, what, what we would call, um, uh, you know, the person who's worked uh, very closely to him. I don't know what the correct political term yes, is. Yes, and she, uh, she she didn't mention him specifically, but she said the psychological impact of uh, of my job, etc. But obviously it was yes. uh, it, it, yeah. it was linked to, linked to the allegations and maybe she knows something. But is he going to go? And, and, and there's a woman that he's, he has to go. I mean, the whole Democratic Party is calling for him to go. And now there, one woman has come out and uh, was explaining exactly what happened. You know, she said it started with hugs and kisses on the cheek. And then all of a sudden, he would turn his lips and try to kiss her on the lips or, you know, turn his head yeah. and try to get her on the lips. And, and she didn't say anything about it. Um, you know, at the time, but obviously she was disgusted by it. So it's, it's, he seems to be from the evidence, one of those characters, a groping type character mm. and who's taken 
perhaps uh, touching and hugging and you know sometimes people reach out and they want to just uh, see somebody and give a hug and I think there's that and then there's the the sexual overtones to that and I think he's one of those people I, there's no doubt and I to me he looks creepy <laughs> you know I'm giving you my <laughs> yeah, he looks a bit creepy so I, I, I think he must go he's not you know it's got to a point now where he's got no support anymore and he's he's literally hanging on by uh, by a thread, but it's yeah. it's a big story here. I mean, it's 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 occupying. You know, when you turn your TV on, I get a New York One, which is Spectrum News, which is all about New York, and, and uh, that's all they talk about the whole the whole day. It's just about coma. Okay, well that's that. So that's sorted out. So he's gone. Um, let's talk about other things now. I want to talk about three sporting stories. The Olympics ended yesterday, and uh, yeah. I remember speaking to you just before it started. And I was an Olympics bigot. I was really bigoted. I was looking forward to the football season yeah. starting. I was I was pissed off because England didn't win the Euro final. So I was, I was a bit grumpy. But as it's gone along, I have to uh -huh. say it's been the most yeah. inspirational event. I've started yeah. watching things that I'd never watched normally watch, mm -hmm. like diving and swimming, and that sort of thing and the way that the, um, uh, the, the let me just explain why I was against it I didn't like the fact that it was uh, dictated uh, the, the, the time of the Olympics was dictated by uh, media global global media global media companies and it was explained yeah. to me that august is a month where there's very little going on so they had to have in august because there's no baseball and uh, basketball and american football and the uk and the european football leagues in particular uh, haven't started and don't start until the end of august and early september uh, so therefore you've got this thing in august where the temperature is 35 degrees and the humidity is 110 percent so the athletes were going to be Compromised, and I thought, well, that's not very nice. And then, no, no support from Japanese people. Eighty percent of them, of the people polled, said we don't want the Olympics. And of course, there would be no spectators. So I was, I went into it uh, with, with a negative attitude. But at the end, I thought that the way that the athletes and everybody else conducted themselves. It was actually quite inspirational, and it was a fantastic event. And particularly, there's a performance, of course, of my beloved Great Britain. What did you think? No, I agree with you. I, I, same thing, and and I'm so happy for the for the athletes. Yes, because for them, when you see the level of training, you know, if you look and you understand, um, there was in fact it was one of the great British, uh, great Britain cyclists. I was listening to an interview with um, his parents. I can't remember the name of the particular cyclist, and uh, they were so thrilled because I think they only got a silver, only, only. You know, mm. I mean, only a silver, but still. You know, when the dad explained how much time his son had given up to get to where he was, the hours and hours of training and you know, just endless pain, and you suddenly realize how much, you know, how much this means to the athletes themselves, silver medal, whether there was a crowd or not, I think you understand um, how, you know, just how important the Olympics uh, are. And I think for everybody that participated, but even to look at some sports from handball, I never knew they existed, you know, to the, to, to the volleyballs, to all of those sports, soccer, whatever it was, baseball, the Japanese beat the Americans in baseball, you know, all of them. And there was no sign of, of stress on the athletes 
they were absolutely thrilled, and you can see by the celebrations. So I'm, I'm very pleased for them. And I, I thought it was a super success. Maybe not financially. No, definitely not financially. It was a disaster know. financially. But, uh, mm. but still, you know, that it took place, I'm, I think the world's better or the uh, sporting world is better that it did take place. Uh, and once more, it's a, at least, you, at least, Lindsay, it's another three years before you, only three years, not four years before you have to watch a diving again. You know, so. No, it was good <laughs> fun. This is really... something we only come out once every four years. We come out and watch swimming and diving and things like that. Yeah, it, it, it broadens your, pers- your perspective and your spectrum a little bit. And I yeah. must admit, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for being a bigot. And now mm-hmm. uh, when I see someone like Adam Peaty on television this morning, who's that great Big burly chap covered in tattoos who won won the gold and uh, broke world records, etc. And it, but, uh, somebody asked him, it was on BBC, did you know what? Yeah, yeah no, just let me just let me just um, just BBC breakfast. He was on BBC breakfast this morning. He'd just come back and he just said, "I'm taking a little bit of a break now. I'm having a burger. I'm yeah. having a beer, and I will continue and I'll bulk up." And they said, "What do you have to?" What sort of commitment do you have to have in order to get where you are? He said, seven days a week, I swim ten thousand." 10,000 meters a day, 10,000 yeah. meters a day. Yeah. And that's how he gets yeah. there. And, yeah. and, and he loves yeah. it and he yeah. drives himself forward. Mm. I can't imagine that sort of commitment. You're mm. a committed person. You read articles yeah. and you do lots of research. But that sort of commitment is oh, no. beyond that's my... That's physical. Yeah, beyond me. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's physical. I mean, it's it's day after day, uh, all kinds of weather, and you have to get up and do it. Mm. It's it's. I think that's... That's the difference between the social sports people and, and, and professionals. I mean, it's, it, it's remarkable. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, hats off to them. I just, uh, I, I wish in my life I could have been anything close to that, you know, got anywhere close to that, even to have participated the fact. And I think for most people, it wasn't the fact that they got medals. It's just to have been there. But Lindsay, I wanted to point out something. Did you see the sprints, the men's sprints? I, know, watched no America, I watched no the Italian. I watched the Italian. Italy, for God's sake! I know, and he wasn't a skinny <laughs> chap. He, he was quite beefy, wasn't he? That, it, that, yeah. it was fantastic. How yeah, did, but I mean, for Italy to hmm. win the four times the hundred, this was America. Yes. I mean, America just, or sometimes Jamaica. You know, the Jamaicans and that. But I mean, who normally train in America, whatever it is. Yeah. But I mean that that, that and and in the four by, by hundred meter, four by four hundred meters, Botswana. Comes in, gets a silver medal, a bronze medal, Botswana. They also there was. <laughs> they also talk about the uh, the technology now, and there's a lot, a lot of debate. Yeah. I mean, they, they said, well, there'll be no world records broken in Tokyo because it's too hot and the conditions aren't mm. right and there's mm. no crowd and everything like that to spur you on. But they're saying that the technology of the track, I was watching that Finnish chap um, who won the four, uh, 400-meters hurdles in a world record time, and I watched him running, and it was almost as though he was bouncing along. He was incredible. I can't remember his name now but he that was one of the performances of the whole olympics and they're also saying that the shoes that they've got also help help them along so technology and also human development Mm. is helping these world records being smashed but anyway the whole thing yeah the whole thing was brilliant i i I loved it Mm. um the other thing is the lions tour i thought it was a shambles i mean well done to south africa for winning 
But um, again, I saw an interview and they said, if anyone, if you were introducing anyone to the world of rugby and saying, well, this is, yeah. this, this is the ultimate now, uh, the Lions Tour, there will be thousands and thousands of British peoples um, coming to South Africa. There will be a red wave of support and the atmosphere uh, is uh, very sporting and, it's, mm -hmm. and, and, and it, at the same time as being competitive. They said it was the most dreary, useless event ever. It should have been cancelled. Yeah. The pitch in Cape Town yeah. was rubbish. Uh, the off-field antics of Rassi Rasmus was were useless. The lines were crap. Uh, South Africa were also a little bit uh, stodgy. Uh, so that was that. Anyway, yeah. the lions, the lions lost. Uh, well done, South Africa. I know. It's, it's, no, I know. It, but I, I, look, it's only the. I think the only um, very, very ardent supporters that are celebrating, you know, those that celebrate anything. But I agree with you. I just, I had no interest in the tour at all. And I think a lot was put off by the way that Rossi Erasmus responded after the first test. Yes. I just, you know, I, it, it's one thing that I cannot tolerate is when they go with the referee, not only the referee, but they analyze every minute of the referee, you know, and mm. how they were hard done by it. Just say, oh, that's enough. You know, I always remember Man United playing Tottenham Hotspurs where <laughs> – uh, I can't even remember the the act. I just remember the goal um, when the ball crossed the line and the um, and the Man United goalkeeper dug it out. You know, there wasn't the technology there, and it was such an important game for Man United. Yes. Also, game border. Do you remember that incident? I do remember that incident. It reminds me of Frank Lampard against it, Germany it, as well. That was that was the it, the, the, the it, other it's one. Just one of the. It was Schmeichel, and, wasn't and, and, it? Wasn't it Schmeichel? Either Schmeichel or uh, who came after him, the goalkeeper that came. I can't remember the exact game, but I no. mean, for Spurs, it was it was important for Spurs to win, or we all wanted uh, uh, Spurs to win, and they weren't given that goal. Yeah, anyway, that's done. You know, everybody laughed about it. Jokes came out, and uh, the ref couldn't see it because it was a long shot from I think the halfway. But those things happen. You know what I mean? And you you move on and laugh, but. You don't go into a 20-page diatribe or, uh, you know, just carrying on and carrying on about it. It's Mistakes are going to happen. Those things happen. And throughout history, those things are happening. If we had to go and, and, and replay every professional game from cricket, you know, to LB, LBW decisions, if we put them onto the modern technology, probably half the LB decisions that were made would not have been made. Forget it. Move on. You know what I mean? Just enjoy what happened in front of you. Just enjoy it. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, it just drives me mad when <laughs> managers of the caliber of, of Rossi go on like, you know, the way he did. And, and it's, 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 I don't know whether it's, uh, whether it's all supporters, but I don't know. South Africa, we seem to be specific. We, we seem to be very specific in that. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. No, it was rubbish. I didn't enjoy the rugby. Mm -hmm. It really was bad. In fact, the Guardian newspaper, which has a quite intelligent readership. Sports writers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and a really good uh, journalist. Uh, my favourite newspaper. And uh, although I'm not a particular rugby fan, but they said that they monitor the popularity of something by the number of online responses they get to a particular event. And they said that it was half of um, what they normally get, for example, for the Six Nations. Uh, once, once you got to the second test, yeah. um, it, it, obviously in Cape Town, they said that the traffic fell by 50%. And yeah. uh, they said they knew then that people were absolutely fed up with this tour, and it should have uh, it should have never yeah. have gone ahead. Anyway, that uh, that business with Manchester United, by the way, was 
Uh, Who was it? It was January the 4th, 2005. It says here, Manchester United and Tottenham are goalless at Old Trafford with 89 minutes, uh, after 89 mm. minutes, when Spurs midfielder Pedro Mendes spots Roy Carroll well off his line in the dying moments oh, okay. and attempts to beat the United keeper with an ambitious effort uh, from just over the halfway line. You're quite right there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Although yeah. Carroll gets back in time, he spills the ball too yards over the line <laughs> and scoops it out and and mark clattenberg and i think clattenberg yeah. is still is still refereeing at the moment isn't he <laughs> I, I think he could is. be <laughs> they were both too far away so mendez is denied a winning goal and united escaped with a point yeah <laughs> <laughs> shame i would have been incandescent with rage no, no. <laughs> no but i mean so, so the jokes came, you know. <laughs> they drew the line two yards back, you know, all the jokes. They redrew yeah. the line two yards back and to show that it was a goal and it wasn't a goal. Line. Ah, anyway, but you, you know, what can you do? It's, it's, you it's, uh, you fume it's, it's for a while. History. You're not you, going to get, the, they're not going to get the three points, Spurs and Man United got the point, which I think was very important in the league at that moment. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, the final thing is talking about football, and you mentioned uh, that the Tokyo Olympics were not a financial mm. success. Well, money does intervene in sport, of course, and I spoke about the spoke about the TV companies uh, dictating when the Olympics must happen. They must happen in August because of revenue and all that stuff. But Messi leaving Barcelona was... I mean, I, I was really, really I sad that. at the end of last week. I saw that. Yeah, he... he I mean, I and and seeing him yesterday, he's been... He's a little... He's, 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 a, he's a homeboy. He doesn't want to go to Paris yeah. with Mbappe and no. Neymar. I mean, no. he'll get 25 million a season for it, for two years. But he, he was prepared to cut his salary in half 50 percent yeah but he should have yeah. uh, he should have he've gone further but the point is he should never have been paid that amount in the first place despite the fact he's the best football yeah. that's ever graced uh the, the pitch um in my opinion he should never have been paid that amount and la liga have intervened and said you've got to have these fair play rules but i can tell you one yeah. thing about what's going to happen to la liga first of all uh, and also barcelona as a city although barcelona will always be incredibly popular with tourists i've been there on more than a dozen occasions, as you know, David, to watch Messi. Yeah, uh, yeah. When you get on the metro at, um, uh, in the centre of Barcelona, Place de la Catalunya, and you get on the green line and you go to Les Courts, which is the place right next to the, the stadium, or yeah, maybe half a kilometre away from the stadium, you get on the metro and the excitement of going to the, the Barcelona stadium, the camp now, is palpable. And at least 30% of the people on this packed train are football tourists and i remember distinctly one yeah. time there was a there was an english chap with his little yeah. boy his little boy had a messy shirt on and a scarf and they were he was holding his dad's hand he was so excited you can see he said dad is messy playing tonight yeah. and he said yes he is is he going to score tonight yeah. dad he said yes yeah. he is and i smiled and i thought now that's gone that uh, that yeah. has gone messi is gone there's a huge tourism industry a football yeah. football yeah. tourism yeah. has taken yeah. a big knock in barcelona yeah. and it's very sad yeah. to me i don't know Mm. Now, no, you you have no uh, idea how important those players are to a club, and uh, also to the sport itself. Yes, and uh, you can see by the kids who you know, with whoever, with how many Messi shirts were sold, Ronaldo, real superstars, but they superstars for the sport as well. And I think it's going to take time for Barcelona to rebuild that kind of image. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who uh, Real Madrid have any you know anymore. That, well, since that Ronaldo's really that kind of status, yeah, since mm. Ronaldo's mm. Go, are gone, they've 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 sort of drifted mm. a little bit. He was no. their talisman. Yeah. Uh, you don't underestimate yeah. don't underestimate the effect of Ronaldo and Messi leaving La Liga. And, is going and, and to have Kane on that status. Yeah, what you going to Harry Kane's story? Yeah, where's he going? I mean, uh, apparently, I um, what's his name? Nunes is in, in talks with him next week. He's still in Florida at the moment, sort of uh, not wanting to come back. Oh. But he's, uh, what do you think? Do you think no, he'll once, stay? Once, once you're in that level, you, you'll never get your heart back. Hmm. And and I think the fans are also going to have lost respect for Maybe not lost respect because he's done so much for them. But I think they must also let him go. You know, give him a chance. He's not going to win the championships with with, uh, with, Spurs. with Spurs. He's no, a very not. very loyal man, so he'll get, you know, he's uh, he, he's their puppy and he does well and he's always tried. You know, you can't take anything away from uh, from Harry Kane as an Arsenal supporter. Um, I, you know, I've always admired uh, Kane and just his his number one. He has first of all his talent, but also his loyalty. And I think there's a time where you've got to give them a break. You know, you've, uh, you've, you've got to – they also want to show their children medals and so on and say this is when I won the FA Cup or this is when I won the championship or something like this. And Spurs have done nothing, and nor are they in line to do anything like that. So no. give him a break as well. Yeah, uh, That's my view. I just uh, – uh, you know, I've seen many Arsenal players go from, uh, um, you know, the, the, who have gone and, and gone on to, to heart, you know, at least win medals. So anyway – Anyway, speaking about just a very final thing, and you don't have to comment upon it, but uh, one good piece of news was yesterday Spurs and Arsenal uh, had, a yes. fr- had, had, a, had a friendly, and it was one not to Spurs, but that's really not the point. The point is that the Spurs fans put up a banner in support of Saka, the Arsenal player who missed the final yeah. penalty in the, in the final, and they gave him um, a standing ovation when he came on as a 63rd-minute oh. substitute. Instead of everyone anticipating he would be booed, um, for what happened in that Euro final. Um, credit to the Spurs fans. They showed support for him. So I thought that was quite, yeah. um, I thought that was yeah. quite, uh, quite a decent and mm. uh, uplifting sort of moment. Anyway, all right, David. No, it is. And, and he deserves that kind of credit. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah. I, I, really, it's not his fault. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> did you see, no, did you see <laughs> Richardson? What's his name? He missed the penalty. No, <laughs> I didn't Brazil. see it. <laughs> No, what happened? No, they won. They won the medal, but he missed a. He missed a. It was one all with Spain, and um, he put the ball over the net. I mean, I mean, he put the ball. I don't know into the stands. Richarlsons, who's the Everton man. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't watch I didn't the football final. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, All right, go and have a run in Central Park and um, we'll we'll speak tomorrow. That's David Shapiro from Sassman Securities um, on a selfless mission to uh, gather information in New York. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.